Hi everyone, it's Karina Givargazov, the founder of Mission, the first fashion philanthropic interactive media brand. Our tagline is for fashion for beauty for good. Our next podcast, which is hosted by myself and my good friend Charlene Spiteri, who's the singer-songwriter of the incredible band Texas, we sat down with someone incredibly fascinating who's devoted their life's work to CBD oil. He's a medical cannabis expert. UK-based professor Mike Barnes has insights into the medical benefits of cannabis that I didn't know about, which I found really fascinating on this podcast that we've done. In recent years, the medical legalization of marijuana has become a hot topic in mainstream politics. And nowadays, I think it's more important than ever to be armed with factual information on the subject. So thank you for listening, and we'll see you all again soon. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Today's podcast, we're going to introduce to Professor Mike Barnes, who you're a consultant neurologist, a medical cannabis expert. How did you get into this field of, of cannabis? Is it something that you were always interested in seeing how certain types of natural remedies can help in the medical professional? Was it by chance that this came your way? Uh, well, it was started about a good long time ago now, about 15, 20 years. And I was doing um, working in spasticity clinics, that's muscle spasm in the context mm-hmm. of multiple mm-hmm. And people were coming into the clinic saying they were using cannabis. It was illegal then, of course. And it was helping their muscle spasm, helping their pain. So I thought, well, there must be something to this. So just very informally, I asked everyone who came to the clinic. That was about 50, 60 people. And I was really surprised because about half of them admitted uh, they were using illegal cannabis. So I thought there must be something to this. And then, by again, by pure chance, really, I was involved with a company called GW Pharma, who developed the first cannabis medicine around that same time, but one called Zyrtex, which is still around. And so that started my interest. And I didn't do anything much for about 10 years because Sativex was deemed to be not cost effective by NICE, the, the body that looks at um, uh, economy of drugs. And then about four years ago, out of the blue, I was asked by a government body called the All-Party Parliamentary Group on Drug Policy. Um, to review cannabis and its efficacy across the whole spectrum of of all conditions. And I did that with my daughter, and then that launched me a bit into the cannabis space. And then finally, I was asked to help Alfie Dingley, who was the first little boy who'd been to Holland with his parents. He had 500 seizures, and and, uh, they wanted to come back home. And so they, they made a very useful, very effective media campaign in the end, the cannabis license. And how, and my question for that, Mike, is how would that be administered back then and how would people have used cannabis then and how do they use it now and how would it be administered with muscle spasm, et cetera, in comparison to a neurological problem, even though that is why by, um, that causes muscle spasm? Well, when it was, well, it still is partly legal, but 20 years ago, almost certainly they'd be um, smoking it. There wasn't the refinements that we've now got. So they'd be smoking a joint, basically. Right. Uh, very satisfactory way of taking it. Of course, now, of course, people take it, this country, at least the legal stuff, mainly by oil. They drop it under the tongue, sometimes a capsule, but mainly oil. You can still smoke it legally. You can vape it now mm-hmm. if it's vaped. And that's useful for pain and muscle spasm. It's short-lasting, a couple of hours, uh, but it's a very quick um, response. After a few minutes, you get the effect. So you can vape for or acute pain, if you like, or acute muscle spasm, and an oil as a sort of background to keep everything under control. Mm-hmm. I I blew two discs in my neck about a year and a yeah. half ago now, 
And I have been using, I mean, I, I first came about um, CBD oil with my father because my father has Parkinson's. And that is how personally I got my interest started in it and how I was trying to find right. away from my dad because the side effects of the, the uh, medication that my dad's been on are quite extreme. Yeah. And, and also with the disease changing continuously, that the medication changes continuously as well because just when he is at the point of one really, he's kind of slotting into one and suddenly he's getting side effects and then he has to move to another one because the, the you know the disease has changed again yeah yeah so how would it work um how does it work on someone like my dad with parkinson's and how would it work on someone like me that has a neck problem and and, and a, a, a sport injury yeah. uh two three answers to that first of all kind of well the thc part that's the bit that gets you high if you like mm-hmm. thc is a painkiller very effective painkiller and very safe, actually, in modest doses. Um, so for neck pain, it can help just for pain. And also in Parkinson's, you can get quite painful muscle spasms in Parkinson's, as well as yeah, things like multiple he does get that. injury. Um, so it will calm down muscle spasm. Also, the other the other part of cannabis called CBD, which is the non-psychoactive part, the part that doesn't get you high, um, also is very good at helping sleep, helping anxiety, promoting appetite, all things that can actually be a problem in Parkinson's, particularly sleep is disturbed. So you've got the two components, one that helps the sort of associated things like sleep, like appetite, uh, and the other one that helps pain. And actually, there's also some pretty early evidence, but there's evidence that uh, cannabis generally, both of those components can help the, the motor problems of Parkinson's. That's the shake. And on the on the um, uh, internet, there's many anecdotal films of people with profound Parkinsonian tremor and shaking, they, they take cannabis and, and that just the tremor disappears. Something quite dramatic. There's not much you know, big studies of that yet in scientific terms, but there's no doubt it helps some people. Yeah, my dad definitely it has a massive effect on his shakes because my dad has a Parkinson's, the one with the shakes. Yeah, it really. It, I mean, the, the fact that it just gives him that little bit of reprise to just have a, a decent sleep. Um, yes. Also to just be able to sit in company and drink a cup of tea or eat food without, you know, really throwing it all over the place, which yeah. is a really difficult because when it's a very difficult situation because when that does happen, you know, you can see that he's very self-conscious. Then he kind of wants to shut himself away and then it just feels like you're just existing on the earth rather than living at all. Um, you know, my yeah. thing is that I would love my dad to personally come off um, the prescribed drugs and basically maintain with um, CBD. What yes. What effect, I mean, what would you say would be the, the, the pluses and the minuses, if there are any, of doing something like that? Uh, well, some of the pharmaceutical drugs you take for Parkinson's can have a profound side effects. I mean, they do work for Parkinson's, of course they do, and they can be really effective in some people. But in others, although they might work, you've got to balance the fact that they're working against the side effects you're developing. Um, so I have think it's perfectly reasonable to try cannabis, preferably in a sort of prescribed, controlled way, so you know what, exactly what product you're getting and the quality of it. Uh, and then just see, can you slowly but surely substitute uh, cannabis for some of the anti-Parkinsonian drugs? Yeah. I don't know if that will happen very commonly because the Parkinson drugs affect the Parkinson's directly. 
they replace the dopamine that's missing as the chemical that's missing. Whereas cannabis doesn't do that. It helps mainly the symptoms of Parkinson's. So most people with Parkinson's need, need both. Right. But it's no harm in trying to see what the, the balance of problems are and maybe trying to substitute cannabis for some of the anti-Parkinson drugs. There's no harm in trying that. Right. Have you come across any cases of people with conditions that have been on medication but have come off completely to, do, to go on to CBD oil? Yes. Uh, yes. Um, first of all, epilepsy, because mm-hmm. it's a CBD proper full extract cannabis CBD oil that's useful for the children with epilepsy like Alfie. Mm-hmm. And some of those children come off all anticonvulsant, all the standard anticonvulsant drugs and just stay on CBD. Sometimes you can you need it as well. You need the drugs as well. You reduce the dose a bit, but don't come off them. So epilepsy, yes. And the other thing is pain. I mean, there's so much um, pharmaceutical compounds that cause all sorts of problems with pain. Right. Uh, the opioids particularly or very nasty side effects. You know, people die from opioid overdosage every year. 46,000, I think it is, in the States last year, die from opioid overdosage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean... They- Substitute opioids for, for cannabis. Uh, so, yes, people do come off pharmaceuticals uh, when they're on cannabis quite successfully in many cases. And have you seen, obviously now... CBD oil has got such a, um, it's really in the public eye now, I think, because of the effects, yeah. that, which is a great way. You know, I think that's, I actually came across um, the brand Apothem from the cream from having chronic muscle spasms in my shoulder that I've put the cream on. And, and the effects yeah. amazing from having that. Do you think, yes. Now, you must have seen the shift in the stigma towards people's conceptions on the word cannabis and, and kind of educating them. Yeah. Do you think it's a generational thing? Partly, yes. Um, you're quite right. The stigma, um, there's a lot of people who just wouldn't try cannabis simply because it's called cannabis and it's associated with anti-establishment, anti-social uh, tendencies over the years. Just the, you know, the, the propaganda campaign, which is what it was, has been very successful in that sense. Mm-hmm. There is a stigma. I always sometimes feel that if we call this thing anything but cannabis, call it something, some new product, people think it's a wonderful new product. Right. Of course, it's got cannabis. People think have all sort of negative associations with it. But I think that is changing. I mean, the latest figure I saw was about 85% of the population are now in favor of medical cannabis and just the majority. I think the last thing I saw was about 51% in this country were in favor of recreational cannabis. So the stigma is definitely fading quite rapidly, to be honest. And do you think there's, like you were saying, the young child that had that, do you think there should be an age restriction on how accessible it is for people to have this, to be able to get CBD oil or CBD? No. I mean, for, for medical purposes, no. a lot of the children with drug-resistant epilepsy are very young, you know, looking at one or two, um, and they respond just as well as children in their teens or, ad- or adults. So I don't think there should be an age restriction. Uh, if you're talking about prescribed cannabis, that's um, so that guarantees the quality and doctors can prescribe it um, not on the NHS yet, sadly. Well, they can, but no one is prescribing the NHS. Right. Yeah, I remember speaking to my dad's um, yeah. doctor about it, and he was very against it. Yeah, some are. Um, largely, I have to say, out of ignorance. Yeah, well, he kind of thought, oh, sad musician wants to put a dad on CBD oil. <laughs> and I, I must admit, I was like, you know, that's really not what this is about. What would be, I mean, how do we know what we're buying? How do we find the good products, how do we know what standard we're going to get? That's a very good question. And uh, you know, the, the ordinary member of the public who goes into a health food shop or looks online, there's a whole range of CBD products out there. And you, 
difficult for them to know what's the good stuff and what there isn't. And there's not good stuff out there as well. There's, there's a lot of studies now that have shown that some CBD products uh, don't contain CBD or don't contain, certainly don't contain what, what's on the label. No, I mean, I think there's two things to do. Uh, one is to look up, and it sounds a bit technical, but it's actually quite easy to do, is either look online or ask the producer for what's called a certificate of analysis. And that tells you exactly what's in it. And preferably, it's got to be made to a high standard. Um, the best standard is called GMP, Good Manufacturing Practice. So you can ask the producers those questions. And if they don't give a good answer to those questions, then it's probably worth avoiding them. So you need to, the public needs to be more informed because most people wouldn't know how to do that or what to do when they got the answers. So what we're trying to do in organizations that I run something called the Medical Cannabis Clinicians Society is produce guidelines. At the moment, they're for doctors, but we hope that we get them out soon for members of the public so they can look and see, well, I've got this brand. Is it a good brand? And Apothem is one that is a good brand, for example, or is this not a good brand? We've got to be careful because some of the producers might not thank us for saying their brand isn't much good yeah so we have to be quite careful about it but the public does deserve to know what's good for them um and what's not good for them and what's in the bottle they've just bought and that's a that is i'm not a great one for regulation but the cbd market does need a little bit more regulation so the public can be safe and no because at the moment, it doesn't tell you the percentage of CBD that's in it, does it? No, the, the good thing about that is that it doesn't. It says there's no THC, which is good because CBD by itself is legal uh, as long as it has virtually no or virtually no THC in it. And so it's definitely a legal product. That's a start. And then you really just got to dig a little bit underneath it and see how it's made and more accurately what's in it. The problem we've got as well, as though, is any CBD producer can't tell the public any make any medical claims because it's not as medicine it's a food supplement so they can say this particular right. product is good for sleep and this one is good for appetite or whatever uh, and that's another problem so the manufacturers can't say what the product is good for so people have to find that out from other sources as well like uh, <laughs> looking up online so um, the whole cbd area is is not easy at the moment to get the public to be guided through it. And how close are you guys to a point where that may be in the, the near future for, for the public? Uh, well, the guidelines on the society, I hope, will be up within the next four to six weeks, um, and that will help. But then, of course, there's need to be a media campaign because most members of the public wouldn't think to look at the Medical Cannabis Clinician Society website to find this information out. So we've got to combine, yeah. actually, the written guidelines first with a publicity campaign um, second. And that's uh, Hannah and I are going to do that through our consultancy business called Maple Tree. That's Hannah Deacon Alfie's mother. We, we do a consultancy business together through society. Really? And we hope also just to influence the government as best we can to say that the CBD market is really important. Don't take the products off the shelf, which is what they were threatening to do a year or so ago. Uh, but let's Let's give people uh, an opportunity to say exactly what's in their product and um, what it might be used for. It's a it needs a different area of regulation because it doesn't fit regular. It's not really just a food supplement, and it's not really a medicine. Many countries have gone down creating a new government department of medical cannabis, which gets around that. They can they can say all sorts of things about medical cannabis, which makes sense to me. Do you, do you think it's not it's not 
become so mainstream because it's hard to regulate or because yeah. it's going to be disrupted to the pharmaceutical industry? Well, yeah, it's true. Um, sadly, um, well, not sadly, but for, sadly for the pharmaceutical companies, um, when it's legalized, in for, just even for medical purposes, you know, you'll reduce the sales of anticonvulsants, anti-anxiety drugs, um, certainly painkillers, less opioid prescription. You'll even, there's evidence from the States and Canada now that there's less alcohol consumed and less tobacco smoked. And all those impact on the big industries of this planet, pharma, big alcohol, big tobacco. And so there's not, they're not that encouraging about making cannabis more regulated and more available, to be honest. Although in fairness, I've not seen any tangible evidence of interference in the UK. But you can imagine it's, it doesn't have their support, shall we say. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know it affected drinking. Um, yeah, people can, if there's recreation, we're talking about recreational cannabis here, not med- partly medical yeah, as well, I yeah, suppose. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, if, if, you, if you're a recreational cannabis user, generally speaking, you'll use about 10% less alcohol is roughly the thing. How does, what's the difference if I would be rubbing like a cannabis, a CBD cream into the muscle area in comparison to if I was to take internally the drop? Yeah, a cream is, is very good for localized pain, like arthritic pain, for example. So you just rub it on the affected joint and it just absorbs just, just into that local area. It doesn't get much absorption into the bloodstream, to tiny, tiny bits. So it's really useful uh, for a, a local problem if you like a, a, a refined local issue and that's mainly arthritic pain or other painful conditions that's very helpful for that right so a cbd cream is good where would you like to see cbd oil or your with all your research and background information in the next couple of years like what would be the ideal positioning on cbd oil or cbd as a, as a still widely available as it is at the moment to be honest uh, online but with better control so people know what's in the product they know what it might be helpful for because there's different ratios. It's not just CBD. There's other things in, usually in CBD oils and what are called minor cannabinoids, other things that are related to CBD, other things that give cannabis a smell called terpenes. We know they have medical properties as well. So I'd like the public just to, generally the public are intelligent, if you do what I mean, um, just tell them what's in it, tell them what we know that it's good for or not good for, and just be much more upfront and much more open about, the benefits of CBD and the benefits of the other broader cannabinoids with THC in as well for medical purposes. Do you see any side effects in this at all? I know some, obviously some medicines have side effects, but with CBD... Very little, actually. Um, certainly there is with THC. THC can give you all sorts... I mean, they can give you the high, of course, which is what people, recreational users, seek in the first place. They can make dizzy and drowsy, uh, right. particularly disorientated. CBD... It does have some side effects, every every drug has, uh, but they're generally very mild and they're usually a little bit, maybe some drowsiness and fatigue in higher doses. Some people have some diarrhea, uh, some people uh, a little bit of a dry mouth. Uh, but generally speaking, CBD in the sort of medical doses we're talking about is remarkably safe. There's one or two drugs that it doesn't interact with, so it's often best to consult with your doctor, although sadly most doctors you salt with don't know much about the interactions i have to say but nevertheless you should there's a few drugs you should be taking not not together with cb but generally speaking it's very very safe and is there a percentage that you should be i've gone into a high street health store last year to buy some um for just anxiety and stress and, and muscle pain and 
couldn't do anything that I, I had no, I felt no effects whatsoever. Um, and this was a, a very, a big chain yeah. store on, on the high street. Is there a certain percentage that like the common public could think, okay, if it's below this amount, this isn't going to do anything. Yeah. But um, I mean, how do you Difficult. gauge? I'm, percentages I don't much like because it's very difficult to interpret them. Um, it's best, and, and many good quality manufacturers do state the milligrams that are in the compound. And the milligrams you need uh, for a, an effect, it varies a lot. But in fairness, it's roughly 60 to 80, maybe up to 100 milligrams of CBD is the amount you need for pain, for anxiety, to help with sleep. A small proportion of the population, about 10%, are very sensitive, so they don't, they don't metabolize it very quickly, so more stays, hangs around, if you like. Uh, so they might need just 10 or 20 milligrams. Spectrum the people who don't seem to respond up to 150, 200 milligrams. So it's a milligram dose that you need. Some of the products, A, you don't know what you're getting in milligrams, and B, some of them are just have such tiny amounts. It's really homeopathy. It's you know, Five milligrams is not going to do you any good at all, frankly. I think that's what I had tried before last year, and then I learned about Apothem when Charlene mentioned them to me, and I tried some of that, and that actually helped and had my first good night's yes. sleep in a long time. Which is great. I actually, you know, everything you're discussing about open to the, you know, to the public and the awareness was totally me. I, I really yeah. wanted to try it, but yeah. I was skeptical about it. And then when I bought the one from the high street yeah. and did nothing, I thought, well, that's clearly not worth waste. But I'm very much the person that I, if it's recommended by somebody, then I will try it again. Um, and I think it's also this word of mouth, isn't yeah, it, it, as well? Yeah, kind yeah. Of the sad thing at the moment is there's such a variable quality on the shelves at the moment. You, people can try things. It's not that cheap. This doesn't work and they don't try it again, but they might have just tried the wrong product. And you know, if they've been directed to the right product, um, they might be much more positive about the whole thing. So that's another reason to regulate it is that people can try something that's decent quality, decent dose for them so they can really try it properly. And I think that's kind of also what I've been learning the last, especially six to eight months is that, do you know that expression gr greenwashing where people yeah. are jumping on the bandwagon yes. and saying CBDs and this and that? Like you're saying, it's such a, a margin, yeah. like a small amount in in greens or, or gummies, but it doesn't do anything. And uh, there's so much with well, they're saying it's in food, so many foods yeah. and stuff that are, that are advertising that as well. I mean, it seems yeah. to be everywhere. But um, it's, like you said, same situation with me when I was trying to find relief for my dad through CBD. I mean, I, I, I was everywhere trying to find something that actually did give him some yeah. some relaxation um and you know there were certain ones that even people that i know from from way back in glasgow that would be making their own and then they would there'd be too much thc in it yeah. my dad would feel really sick and it was making him really feeling very disoriented even sick and i you know because i really needed just yeah. the cbd it wasn't i didn't need the thc and it was finding a product for me that I went through so many. I was buying stuff off the internet. I was finding all different things um, until until I did come across Apothem. And, you know, it was, it, it's finding, yeah. it is finding the right product for exactly. yourself. It's a very personalized medicine, you know. So one product might, even though it's got the same CBD in it, it will have other different constituents off, often. Uh, and so the bits can make a difference. So if you try one, it doesn't much work. A, it might be the wrong dose because they haven't told you what it is, but B, you might need to try another one or another one after that to find one that suits you. It's a very personalised sort of medicine. 
okay, that, I mean, I feel that that's like unbelievable information that, because, you know, so many of my friends, because I use it as well, and um, they'll say to me, you use CBD oil? And I say, yeah, and they'll, oh, I'm kind of really interested, but I'm, I'm really terrified to go down, you know, to go down that road. And I mean, is am I going to like pass out? Am I going mm. to be stoned? Am I going to be hallucinating? And it's like, well, no, if it doesn't have the, the THC in it. And you, you think, they think sometimes yeah. when you're saying that, that you try to trick them into taking drugs. <laughs> and you're like, no, honestly, that's so not me. Like I'm sitting here grinning because when I tried it, I was at Charlene's house and I was going off to meet someone afterwards. And she was told I was so stressed. <laughs> and she said, do you want to try them? I went, oh, I don't know. Hang on a minute. What's it going to do? And I've, I've done, I've never smoked cannabis or joints. And she went, oh, just, it'd be fine. And she just put such a, look like a, such a big amount in. <laughs> I was so nervous that I was going to. She's like, I'm not going to pass out. I'm like, I said, honestly, you will not pass out. You will be absolutely fine. I said, this is absolute, this is just CBD. You'll be fine. And um, yeah, it, was, it is that, that funny thing. I sound like I'm like yeah. squirting CBD <laughs> left, right and sending it on my mate's mouth. But um, no, it's, it's, it's something that is, Especially in, as well in the lives that we lead nowadays, you know, we're expected to do so much mm-hmm. and, you know, be really on it all the time. And, you know, stress is yeah. never good for anybody. It's just not. And, you know, there's we have so such a high expectancy for ourselves and we put mm-hmm. it on ourselves that, you know, sometimes it's just that little moment of just of just being able to sit back in the day and go, you know what, that's really not that important. I'll just slow my slow my day down and just take it easier and it ends up that you actually yeah. get more done mm-hmm. um than just not being able to make a decision on so much because the, your stress yeah. levels yeah. are going through the roof i was gonna say have you got any kind of last advice on if someone a guideline of someone brand new listening to this what they like should go and do um if they're considering is there like a top couple of things like look for something that's got this in it or i think the percentage? main thing is to look on the label um, see if you've got, and I much prefer milligrams, as I said, rather than percentages, because what? Uh, so look at the percentages, look at, sorry, look at the milligrams, see what's in it. If you can then do a little bit of research before buying it, go back to the internet and do a little bit of research on that particular product and see if you can find on the internet what, what it contains and how it's made. Um, you won't find medical claims because they can't do that, but just find out a little bit more about uh, well, how it might help you, what those to take. And there are other, a lot of websites and sources now that will talk about CBD from a medical point of view, which the manufacturers can't do. So it's really, it's a matter of a lot of personal research and talking to others who've used it, which is not always satisfactory. Also remembering it's a very personalized medicine. Start low is the key. Start low and go slow is the, is the uh, thing that doctors will start at a low dose, work it up slowly. And it, because it's so safe, for the vast majority of people you're not going to do any harm with it. Although, as I said before, you do need to perhaps alert your doctor you're going to use it if you're on other medication. I think it's a matter of, which is good, really. I'm all for sort of people looking after their own health uh, and finding out about it before you launch in and buy it and maybe buy the wrong one. Well, that's absolutely brilliant, Mike. And we cannot thank you enough for chatting to us today. Um, I'm really sure there'll be a lot of people that will be very interested yes. in hearing, yes. you know, the background of what we're actually looking at it's funny yes. because we're moving forward so fast in in life with everything and so much of what we do these days is you know it is we have the means yeah. to research so much nowadays via the internet and everything and i just think people are just nervous and in, in, in case they, they're not looking towards the right things and and you know sometimes there's so many claims made yes. within the internet but it, 
it is all about research. It is, yes. What, what we're taking yes. in, isn't it? Uh, well, the best of luck with it, really, because it's a, it can be. For most people, a really useful product. Yes, also, I was going to say, just having the time to, to yeah. be self-aware of your well-being. It's very easy to get wrapped up on things on the internet and work and busy, but until yeah. you actually have a problem, a health problem, is when you address things. So I think CBD, I mean, it's become part right. of my my routine now, especially yeah. with uh, the screen yeah. with the muscle spasms, and it's it's great. I wouldn't have actively yeah. looked into that had Charlene not given me put me onto Apothem, Quite honestly, I was I wasn't really yeah. I was just taking Nurofen yes. <laughs> with codeine. Yeah. yeah, that was that was my thing. I was really suffering because I was on Decafenac mm, and right. um, dehydrocodeine for my neck, and the stomach pain that I was getting was just extraordinary. Even though I was taking, I can't remember the pills that you take, so as not to kill the lining of your stomach. But I literally, after coming out of hospital, I did about four days on codeine and decofenac and and literally after four days I was like I, I'm going to stop now because I, I just felt so bad um and it is a certain way that I need to maintain because the the discs that I've blown I'm never going to be able to replace them unless I actually have unless they fuse my neck and I've, I've, I'm trying to maintain um, the strength in it via exercise and and physio and um, using using a, a CBD. Good, good. Yeah, hope that continues. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yes, thank you so it's much. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you, Mike. And you? Yeah. I actually, do you know? I'd actually like to think that this will only be part one because I would love to do this at some point as a live podcast with an audience because yes, I think there'd to, be some fantastic questions that people would to know more about. Wonderful. I mean, if you're up for that, Mike, that would be really good. We can speak yeah, about that. Happy, happy to do that. That's no problem at all. Lovely. Okay, Thank speak you again. so much for your Cheers. time. Oh, Thanks, yeah. Mike. Bye-bye. Well, I hope you enjoyed that one. Next up, we've got two people actually. We profiled them in our environmental issue issue two that was out last year so I was really really over the moon that they agreed to do the podcast because I think they're incredibly fascinating and what they're doing is fantastic and educational generally do these with my dear friend Charlene Spatiri who's the singer-songwriter from the band Texas but sadly she couldn't be with us on this one Um, you missed a good one Charlene I sat down with Philip Cousteau and Ashlan Cousteau who are doing incredible things, um, working hard to save the planet. So we discussed their world expeditions, their passion for the planet, and how resilient Mother Earth is. And if ever we need her to defend herself, it really is now. So I hope you'd have a listen. It's quite upbeat and jolly. And I really was honoured to have them on board. And it was a great pleasure to speak with them. Thank you so much, guys. We'll speak to you soon. Bye-bye now.